Welcome to the JK Sports Podcast. I'm Juan. And I'm Kyle. If you hear that noise, it's the sound of great podcasters coming at you. That's right. That's exactly right. With great content, solid content. Yeah. we got a big week. A lot going on. Indoors today. You know, we have been mixing it up a little bit with some outdoor potting, but, uh, you know, it, it's the Florida weather. It's gets freezing. down to the 40s. It's freezing. It's high 50s right now, maybe low 60s. I can't stand this. Yeah, we to bring you the best content, we really need to be indoors Right. with the temperature being around the 70s. Blood's got to be flowing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's, it's Super Bowl week, huh? It is Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week. There's a little damper on the week, but it's still Super Bowl week nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. A little... A little Different news, you know, we can talk about that. Um, but I want to talk about our podcast. And I want to talk about how, you know, I, I like to give the best content to our listeners. So sometimes I'll go, you got to watch film on yourself. Right. You know, you okay. got to watch the tape, listen to the tape. Right. See how you do the good, the bad. Whatever. So I was listening to uh, September podcast, you know. I went back to the archives. September 19 or 18? Are we going way back? 2019. Okay, okay. Um, right. Season, season. Uh, this is still season two. Season we're two. on season okay. two right now. We're still season two, that's right. Um, and I was listening to the Super Bowl picks that we had. Right. Kyle, I'm 50% there. You had the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs versus the um, Saints is who I had with the Chiefs winning. It's a solid pick. You, on the other hand, did not have <laughs> solid picks. I went all Pennsylvania. You went all Pennsylvania with Roethlisberger winning. In my defense, I feel like Pittsburgh could have had a shot if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. Yeah, neither. Actually, one the Eagles did make the playoffs, though. The Eagles made the got, playoffs. Still had, had a chance. That's right. But it, that being said, no, I don't think Pittsburgh would have taken down the Chiefs. But on a side note, in that same podcast, you also talked about college football and how much you loved LSU. Yes, that that was pretty – I'm proud of myself. You, you should day. be. You know, not a lot of people saw that. No, um, no, but I did, you know, talking about research, <laughs> in-depth analysis. I mean, that's podcasting at its peak right there. College football is your strength. <laughs> it's much stronger than the NFL, there's no doubt. Right, that's that's why we work, you know. Right, we, right. We've got to have both – Sure. Both aspects there. But you also, and I don't want to talk too much about college football. It's over. But you also talked about Clemson um, playing versus um, Texas A&M and saying Jimbo was going to beat Dabo. I know. I did think that. I did think that. I like Jimbo over Dabo. In hindsight, maybe not the best pick. Not the best. Hindsight's twenty twenty always. But I'm proud of you. You got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm excited. They're firing on all cylinders. I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game. Do you think so? you think it'll be uh, I do. Everybody said, you know, the Niners are clearly the best team. Um, are they? Overall. They got a good deep. Their defensive line is strong. They have a good, good quarterback. Um, but, you know, somebody made the point in one of the um, shows. What do you think if Patrick Mahomes was on the 49ers? Mm-hmm. Or if the the team switch quarterbacks. Let's right. just put it that way. The team right. is exactly the same, but the switch quarterbacks. What do you um, who do you like? That that's a fantastic question. So I think the 
Mahomes has the skill set that nobody else has. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to compare him to anybody. But with that being said, if he was on the 49ers, I don't think the 49ers would be better. I think Jimmy G does what is asked of Jimmy G by the coaching staff, what is asked by Shanahan. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, people throw around the label game manager in like a negative connotation, which I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's extremely talented, and when he needs to step up, he does. Um, I think if you put him on the Chiefs, he'd be lighting it up too. You give him a coach with Andy Reid, that type of offense, he'd be lighting it up. Now, is he as talented as Mahomes? No, I don't think, not physically. But, I, you know, I don't think either team would necessarily be better off uh, if they switch in your scenario. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against Patrick Mahomes. Like, if if you asked in the NFL who's the number one person that you want, if you could start a, a franchise right now with a current NFL player, you get, one, like, your number one pick, who would that person be? Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be hard to argue Mahomes. I mean... I just because Brady too old, Aaron Rodgers, who knows? Right. Um. I feel like Mahomes could could make the Browns look good. He's got the skill set. I. It's um. It's amazing to me in the AFC champion. I think it was the AFC championship game. His touchdown run. His like, you know, thirty-five yard touchdown run. Yeah. You forget how athletic he actually is too. I mean, you're so used to him slinging around the field with a cannon arm and he he goes on this run and just jukes the hell out of one of the dbs and then just burns it for a touch i mean you just it, his skill set's just unreal how is he able to do this in the nfl so much but not in caught co- like with cliff kingsbury in college like wasn't able to to do that i don't, I don't understand well, I do still think it's a different type of offense. I mean, the, the offense they were running in college was the spread, like quick throws, not a lot of reads. You, you have one quick read. If that's not there, you should, I mean, you're not holding the ball long. It's very short routes. Um, you know, Andy Reid's offense, I mean, he's throwing the ball downfield. And let's not forget the athletes that he's playing with versus the athletes that he had in college. Uh, these guys, I mean, guys like Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's unbelievable. He's pretty good. And might be the fastest human being I've ever seen. So I just think it's... Have you seen him? On the Teletube. Oh, okay. You know, that's what the kids call it nowadays. You know, Chad Johnson once thought he was the fastest person on earth and he tried to race a horse. Chad Johnson's (laughs) an imbecile. He's a clown. Entertaining... I, I put, those are those are rough words. I like Chad Ocho Cinco a lot. I'm not saying He's I don't like him. He's a great follow on Twitter, by the way, as well. Really? Great follow. Okay. I he is super positive. Every day he wakes up and he says he loves everybody. He will not say bad things about people. Um, he also does not cuss. Okay. Well, he does cuss, but he's never um, he's never drank alcohol. In his life. He sounds like the most boring human being ever. Um, he's also super cheap. Like it, like frugal. Probably because he blew all of his money, and he now did. he doesn't have much. I think he has quite a bit now. Um, he'll he'll tip like three hundred dollars on a twenty dollar bill. That doesn't sound frugal to, to me. I think that's giving, 
right? But it's frugal. Charitable. Well, it's frugal where he says, you know, I haven't paid my um, my water bill so low this week because I've just been showering at the other girls' places. So that's just him. That's a self brag. He's self brag, yeah. What's wrong with self brags? Uh, yeah, he's he's fine. He's entertaining. I you know. Let's not go down the Chad Johnson <laughs> rabbit hole, but interesting follow. Okay, all right, I'll all check right. him out. But also this weekend, I think they announced the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. Who gets in? Do they? No, they already did. They announced the finalist. I thought like Jimmy Johnson and because remember they surprised that him huge, on that set. huge guy from. Uh, <laughs> From the NFL yeah, that, that was came a in. massive human being. Um, who I'm, else? There I'm, was somebody else that they... I'm pretty sure it's just the finalists right now. It's not just... Um, well, Jimmy Johnson's definitely in the Hall of Fame. I know that for a fact. Yes. Because they announced that on live TV. Correct. And so was um, the other coach. Bill Cower. Did they do that on live TV? Yeah, oh. they did. Good for him. They sure did. Okay. Well, so can can we jump back for a second, though? Of course. Or are we still in the Hall of Fame? No, go ahead. I don't want to ruin your vibe. No, you know, well, we're good. The we're flow. Good. So I, I want to go to the actual game itself. Okay. We've kind of jumped around. We've talked about players. You picked the Chiefs. Did you pick the Chiefs to win in I September? Did. I did. So are you sticking with the Chiefs to win in the Super Bowl? Of course. Yeah. Is it because you picked them in September, or because you truly believe that? Um, I I really don't. I have. I don't know who's gonna win. Realistically, I'm just probably more sticking it with sticking, because I picked the Chiefs um, in the beginning. Um, but I guess I'm just gonna pick offense over defense. Yeah. I think the 49ers are are slow. They're a slow team. They run it like 40 something times. Good defense, a lot of counters, throw at the tight ends all the time. It's not it's not flashy, but it's somebody explained it perfectly. It's like you're getting punched, you're getting a boxing match, you're just getting punched and going ten rounds, and then they just wear you out. But it's still a pretty close game, but you're just so beat up. The the Chiefs is like fast paced. Let's go, move forward. They were down twenty one to three or something to the Titans and scored four touchdowns in a quarter. Yeah. Right. So I uh, I think it, it it goes I guess it's kind of like the LSU game versus Clemson. I just didn't see I never thought LSU's defense was great, but I also just couldn't see another team stopping their offense. Sure. And I just don't all the teams have stopped the Chiefs offense before. I don't see them stopping their offense now in this last run. Yeah, and I like Andy Reid. He's he's a veteran coach, man. I love Andy Reid. If I'm not, I I would by no means say I'm rooting for a team in the Super Bowl. But if I had to root for a team, I would root for the Chiefs mainly for Andy Reid. Um, I would like to see Mahomes, you know, win, and I, I want to see them hang around for a while. They're very entertaining. I like watching because of what you said, the fast-paced offense. But I think the 49ers will win. I think they are. A more, uh, they're more balanced, well-rounded. Yeah, they with the defense, the running game, and I feel like that's the recipe to beat the Chiefs. You control the clock, uh, you have a good defense. Uh, they're going to give up points, no doubt, but I, they're going to score too. They're going to score in the Chiefs' offense. So 
I think it's going to be close, but I think the 49ers win. And I think Jimmy G, I don't know, this could... MVP? I, this could be, in all honesty, a very... The start of, I don't want to say a you know, long rivalry like Alabama and Clemson where year after year. But, I mean, I could see both of these teams coming back to the Super Bowl for many years to come with these young quarterbacks, both great. Um, you know, the 49ers have a young coach. I don't know. It could be interesting. could be the start of a lot of really exciting championship games down the line. I definitely see passing the torch in the AFC to the Chiefs for sure. Um, you know, it's always been the Patriots, and with the Patriots kind of, you know, Tom Brady may leave yeah. the Patriots, which is huge. Um, well, and he, I mean, he's on borrowed time now anyway. Right, so... But I, I think in the AFC, though, I, I truly feel the AFC's, well, I don't know, it's the NFL. They're both so open. You still have the Ravens to deal with, the Patriots, until Belichick and Brady go away, you still have them to deal with. Um, you've got... You know, the Jags and the Browns, right? <laughs> yeah. Perennial powerhouse. Uh-huh. Just sleeping sleeping giants. Yeah. So just waiting. Just waiting. They've been waiting for years. Still waiting. Anyway. All right. So you're, you're going with the 49ers? I'm going um, with 49ers. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with offense. Um, on and we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I truly just want to see a really good game. I, I feel okay. like last year's game was really hyped up. Great offense, and then Belichick just shut down the Rams. It was actually probably the most boring Super Bowl I'd seen in probably 10 years. Yeah. It was bad. So I'd really just like a good game. I'm with you. Halftime show. That's the most American thing ever. I just want a good game. Yeah, I just and, want and it's in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. Right? <laughs> the most American thing. I hope everybody has fun. Let's all get ribbons afterward. But I'm with you. Now you just... I don't don't like that attitude, huh? (laughs) I really don't. Let's do it. really don't like that attitude. So Um, I want to change a little bit of subjects here on... I kind of want to interview here, Kyle. I want to talk to you about our Gator basketball team. Oh, Lord. We've talked a lot about them this year. Okay. Um, Expectations, Sweet 16 or bus. Where, where are you right now? Are you in a dark place, happy place? Where, where are you on the Mike White train, on the Gator basketball? Still still about, I guess we got a full two months left. Two, two months left, or really a month, because February and then it's the March Madness. So yeah, you've really got, got, got a month. month and a half. I, what's the opposite of cautiously optimistic? I'm, pessimistic. I'm hopefully <laughs> pessimistic? Yes. I'm... I'm Holding out hope that we turn it around with this young team in the second half of the SEC schedule, they figure it out and come into their own because there are flashes of brilliance. But the problem with the Gator team is it is the most inconsistent team. And I feel like I've said this before that I've ever seen. They're bipolar. Um, When they're on, they're on. And when they're off, they're horrific. And there's no in between. And yeah. it's brutal to watch. I mean, they just can self-destruct unlike any other team I've ever watched. And it's just, it's very, very frustrating. Like, pick a side. Either be horrible or be good. <laughs> Either lose every game. Like, you know, know that you have no chance against most teams and right. you're probably going to lose. Right. Or just blow everybody away. Right. Well, you don't have to blow away everybody. It's just, 
win every game, win two national championships, win back to back. Yeah, well, I, I don't want much. <laughs> Not asking for much. Come on. I just, this is, when you watch the team, their talent level is through the roof. They're so athletic. So many good. I mean, it doesn't matter who's on the floor. It's an extremely athletic team, and we just cannot figure it out. And I just it. Everybody knows I'm a huge Mike White fan, but it, it's on him at this point. It's on him. Figure it out. Yeah. Um. I mean, so talk about research. You sent me some stats. Mm-hmm. You know, over the uh, during the last game, they played Baylor. So crazy, they played the number one team in the nation on Saturday. Um, they played Auburn recently and and beat them down. I mean, beat down a really good Auburn team who was number four or five in the nation, only had one loss. Right at that point, and just looked like a really good team mm-hmm. from wire to wire. Um, did a good job. One another, I think they lost a close game against LSU after that, um, which people could argue to. Should have gone to overtime, but you know, lost a a good game against LSU team on the road. They shouldn't have you won know. that game anyway. So right. it, it it was commendable how they they fought hard all the way. Yes. And you're like, you know yes. what? They they never gave up. That's right. all right. It's on the road. Who knows? Right. So then you got the big showdown Saturday. Number one team in the nation playing an unranked Florida team at home, and the Gators are favored by two. Which was ridiculous, right? That should have been right. the first sign of right. what's what's happening. And the, to the Gators' credit, they come out hot. They have like a 9-10 point lead. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, they couldn't make shots. Baylor just really went away with it and it wasn't close. Right. Um, with that. And that's when it all started spiraling, I think, for you, for many Gator fans. It, it wasn't he the started. Baylor game. It, it wasn't the best. We weren't supposed to win that game. Baylor's head and shoulders above Florida right now from I mean you you watch that game and you just realize it was like I, I compare it to the UF Georgia game last year yeah when you know it was Mullen's first year you know he's we're having a great season we go into the Georgia game and you realize you truly realize like where the programs are at that point now next year moving forward that's not going to be the case right but you know you just you can tell when it's a better team. The Bears, they're, they're a better team. Um, but everybody, there is no reason we should not be able to beat every single team in the SEC. Every single one. Now, of course, you're going to have losses. I get it. There's going to be stinkers here and there. It should be competitive. But, yeah. The, the LSU game, I mean, I'm okay losing that game. But, like, the Missouri game, zero reason we should lose to Missouri. Zero. Yeah. That's dumb. So the stat I want to throw out there is um, the national three-point shot percentage for Mike White at Florida since he's been there. First year, 295. I mean, I, how many teams? Are, <laughs> That's, like 300 teams probably? Yeah, probably 311 like, or something of that nature. Yeah, so it was 295 first year. 136 second year. 80th the year after. 231st last year. And then this season, they're 173, which I guess is okay compared to the 295 or something. But, you know, the tweet out there, did all these teams have bad distance shooters? But at some point, maybe, 
But at some point, you have to look at the only common denominator. Yeah, and I I don't know. It's I I feel like it's more shot selection than anything else. Which to me that becomes a coaching issue. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just at practice shooting threes or what whatever, I feel like it all kind of evens out. Like you're either a good shooter or you're not. A couple of these guys are not poor shooters, but our shot selection is just so incredibly bad. We're just undisciplined with certain things, and that's what's frustrating to me. And that's why it's a frustrating team to watch because we can go and light it up for five, six minutes, score 15 points in five minutes, and then we'll score, we'll make one field goal for like 12 minutes right? because we take a bunch of crappy shots. I think... So the one part that and I claim to know nothing about basketball and be a good and a, you know analyst of that, but the one thing I guess that bothers me and it, it we talked about it you had heard about it in the tip off club you know when mm-hmm. uh, Mike White came and stuff is that if you look at him at Florida he always had teams that wanted to run run fast high pace right a lot of energy play good defense um, press and go out there, let's make threes, let's make open shots, spread, spread the ball around. Right. Right. We Florida has yet to have, until this year, um, really had a good big man, that like a Shaq, that throw it down there, post right. up, go, you know, go there, slow it down kind of, kind of team. And he talked about how they were struggling this year of just being a slower team because of the personnel. Right. If you've always had... The kind of people that you want to, if you want to play a fast pace, press a lot, and shoot, you know, threes or open jumpers, you better recruit good shooters. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's that's a little bit on on coaching that if that's the style you want to play, you're going to have to know that's the team that you want. And then this year, he got a lot of good recruits, but it seems that their their forte is playing slow. Yeah. Right. Like you've got. Yeah. I feel like a lot of teams, are, players are out of position. Like Blackshear, tall guy. Um, everybody was picking him SEC Player of the Year preseason. Right. Um, throw it down low. He's he's shooting threes all the time. Like why? He, he's our most consistent player. He, he is by far, and it's not even close. Correct. He he is. So that's it's just kind of alarming. I'm saying, uh, is is he adjusting to the to the style that he has, you know, if he, I don't know. I don't know if he's recruiting well or if he's just like kind of too stubborn on what. No, he's recruiting well. These guys are players. They're, they're stud athletes. It's you, you have to adjust to the players that you have as a coach, but I feel like, and I'm okay. If he's going to slow it down, that's fine. But when you have guys that can run the floor that are I mean they they are the most athletic team in if they play 30 games in 29 of the 30 games that they play maybe 28 and yet we're super slow and, and if you're and here's the other thing if you're going to play slow you can't have bad shot selection right. that's the entire point of playing slow so you work it around until you get a good shot if you're playing 100 miles an hour and flying up and down the floor you're going to take bad shots but you can live with that because you're going to shoot 130 times a game. Right. Um, it just, it is super frustrating. And the whole, they are young, and you can tell that they're young. But 
You know who never complains that they're too young? Kentucky. Duke. North Carolina. Duke. I, that just... Now, that wasn't Duke's MO until recently, but they figured it out, and they know how to do it. I mean, now, granted, we're comparing three of probably the top... Let's call it 10 coaches of all time, and, you know, Shostakovsky, Williams, and Calipari, but... It, and obviously nobody's ever said Mike White's a top 10 coach of all time. But, I mean, you you can't keep blaming it on the age of the team in youth. At some point, you figure it out. At some point, you adapt. At some point, as a coach, you figure out what you're good at and you capitalize on it. Yeah, so a couple of my, my whole, uh, other things with – I've always said that with Mike White, I related to how I stood up for McElwain and Muschamp. And when we got Dan Mullen, I, I knew that what a good coach would look like and how he, he changed. You know, Dan Mullen this year didn't have a running game. And we just, he basically got rid of it and just threw the ball plenty of times and was very successful with that. Right. Right. He, he adjusted to it, to his team and, and to the players around him. Um, that's what a good coach does. Many times I stood up for McElwain and said, these players are open. They're just, the quarterback's just not hitting them. Right. Right. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of Mike White in a couple quotes that they brought up on the broadcast today that just makes me question and take him for whatever you are. Um, he said beginning of the year they were number six in the nation like everybody thought. And he said he regrets not bringing up those expectations because to him, um, he never mentioned it at all to the team. He didn't bring it up. He wanted to be super quiet about it. Um, he said if he could go back, he'd probably bring it up to them and let them embrace those expectations or say, this is what everybody thinks about you. Do you think you're that good? You know, and, and use it as motivation. Eh, I, I don't know if I agree with the hide the expectations thing. I think uh, at a place like Florida, you probably want to embrace it and make you makes you want to work harder Right. with that. So that one's kind of a little red flag. Not that it matters. And then the other was, he's so honest too with his team. And today he's just basically saying to his team all the time, that they're not, he'll say to the media that our team is not tough enough and not cohesive enough. Right, but I'm tired of saying it. Like, but, he said that for years. But if that's, that, those two things are, I would say, things that coaches control. Correct. Right? If you're not tough enough, like, I, back to football, they were not tough enough under McElwain. So what did you do? You get a coach who said, we're going to be tough. You get a strength coach that makes you tough. Right. You grind, you build a whole program on toughness, right? Many many different ways, right? You start it basically starts in the off season and training program. Yeah. So that's that's on coach to make somebody tough, yes. make your team tough. Agreed. Cohesiveness, isn't that called team chemistry 101? Right. Right. Making everybody um, work together, helping everybody gel and stuff. Like I understand there's a fine line of accountability, of you guys need to do this and them helping the coach taking ownership, but. Like that kind of, it didn't sit well with me that those two things are are coaches are things that coaches control. Right. So you can't just blame it on them. No. And say that. No, I and I agree. I mean, they cater. You know, they talk about all the time. You know, catering to kids nowadays and recruiting and, well, you know, these kids have, you know, and it's so hard with social media. But I, you're the coach. Like other people can do it, so figure it out. And 
I, I'm with you. I mean, I, you couldn't have said it any better. I have nothing to add to that because You're welcome. I, That's, I'm with I, you. You know, I had a lot of notes. <laughs> I don't know. But realistically, talking with some people, Gators are 12 and 7. Um, they got a tough schedule coming up. They still have to play Kentucky twice. Um, you got a Tennessee. I think they're still going to play Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, Tennessee. And, uh, do they play Auburn twice this year? I forget if they play Auburn twice. But regardless, I mean, Kentucky twice, uh, a Tennessee, some of those teams, I, I mean, a couple losses here, and you're you're not going to make the tournament. Oh, they're, they are on – it's, it's going to be close. They're going to have to start playing a lot better if they want to make the tournament. And we're watching the game live right now during the podcast, so – it's kind of irrelevant what we say about this game, but the fact of the matter is, if they lose tonight, they're going to be between a rock and a hard place. I, they're going to really have to turn it around and figure it out because, a, you can't lose at home again, and b, twelve and eight, you're going to have to go on a run here. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I I, I thought I think that for Florida to make the tournament, if if they lose or anything. You almost have to make a little bit of a run here at, to finish the regular season and then play well in the conference tournament Yeah. as well to boost up resume. Well, and I think, uh, you know, basketball, it, and a lot like football, but you're going to have to have some good wins and some not bad losses. I mean, you're, you're going to have to beat Kentucky once, get another ranked win under your belt, uh, you probably shouldn't lose to teams like Missouri. You know, if if you beat who you should from here on out and maybe, you know, steal a win against a Kentucky, you'll be fine. But I just, I don't see that happening. And as we watch this live, I mean, it is just, it, God, it's painful. Yeah. So, well, you know, get her basketball. We'll, we'll see where we go with that. Funky. Yeah, that that song really reminds me of the movie Snatch, and when they're all like stealing stuff, and there's like five different characters going on at the same time. It, for those who haven't seen the movie Snatch, do yourself a favor. It is fantastic. Good it soundtrack is. too. It is. I I don't know if I remember another song from it. <laughs> no, just you don't have to know the song specifically to appreciate it. You're right. Just feel You're the right. beat. But you know who I appreciate is Tiger Woods, Kyle. Who doesn't? He is. I mean, we always say he's back, but um, he just played Torrey Pines. He was close, man. So did he? How did you feel? Was this one of the ones that you know you're always like Tiger, either win it or just don't even come close. Don't play with my emotions. Were, yeah. How are your emotions? During the Torrey Pines, because he was doing pretty good. Yeah, so I, it's weird because it, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. He played well. You know, he didn't play Tiger great, but he played well. He, You can tell he's, I mean, he's a competitor now. Like, he's, he's there to win, and he's going to compete. He's going to be in the top 20, top 10. That's exactly what he did. I, it, 
I want Tiger to win every single tournament he plays in. But for some reason, I I don't know. I like I was okay that he didn't win. I want him to break the record at Augusta so bad that I like don't even want him to play until the Masters. And he's gonna play again in a couple weeks back out in California in the Genesis, as he should. Uh, he's gonna you know a little tune up. I shouldn't say a little tune up. He's got a couple tune ups still yeah. Augusta, but. Like, I want him to break the record. I want him to win every tournament. But I want him to be at Augusta so bad. Right. I, I don't want him, the way I feel, it's kind of like you. I don't want him to peak too soon. Right. Correct. Like, I, I, I want him, I like that he's playing right now in these tournaments. I like that he's being competitive in these. But it's like, you know what? Just an 8th eighth, eighth to 10th place finish in these, that's okay. Yeah, right. But... So that way you can just, let's, let's peak up. I don't want him to win Bay Hill for it's like a hundredth time, you know, or, or any of that. I want him to win Augusta. I, I I do too, but I want him to win every turn. I I have mixed emotions on this because the Tiger from old we would have just said yeah he's gonna win every tournament. I, that's cool. I'm okay with that. Right. I, but you I, know, but you know he's got like two, probably two wins in him this year. Max at this age, no doubt. Like two no wins doubt. a year, no doubt. And but you're and you're hoping that one of those is a tournament. I mean a major. Major. Oh, for sure. You you obviously want it to be major, but it it's amazing to me that you know Sunday I'm, I I follow it so much more closer when he's in it, obviously. But as soon as I realize like all right, he's really not in contention. I do, I I lose interest more when he's in this scenario where he's in like the top 10, but then you realize, all right, he's not going to win. And then I just completely mentally check out of it. Whereas if he wasn't even in the tournament, I probably would have watched the end of the tournament, you know? Now, granted, it wasn't close. Leishman pulled away, but anyway. Yeah, on Sunday, once I realized, watched the first couple holes, but once I realized he's so far back that he doesn't have a shot of winning, just... You know what? What else is on TV? I'll just check the scores or, right. or turn it back on. It's not. It's not good. Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm Tiger. I will never get upset if you win. You do you, man. But listen, if you got to pick one for the year, let's make it Augusta. I don't want you to. I feel like your expectations are so high this year for Augusta, though. You, you got. Are. You got to ta- tamper. I. Him. But I know. But that's what I'm saying. I'm okay if he wins elsewhere. Like I. I want to. What if what if he doesn't play Augusta? He gets hurt and doesn't play. Don't even say that. Don't don't. <laughs> that's not even funny. I'm still legit thinking of that Monday taking off after the Masters just to recoup for whatever happens with Tiger. If Tiger wins Augusta, I promise you and the listeners right now, <laughs> I will not be in the office <laughs> when the doors are supposed to open Monday morning. I may go in later, but man, I we, we're gonna party down Sunday you, night. You're gonna take some time. I'm gonna need some time. Gonna are time. you gonna party as much as the French did for when they won the World Cup? No. Like that kind of level? No, no. I I don't know if I have it in me. It, it'll be that level for me. I just I can't physically do that anymore. See, you're the problem is you're gonna be at home though in. Your kids are going to still go to bed. Like, it's going to be over at 6 o'clock. You're going to be so jazzed up. And around, like, 7 or 8, your kids are going to bed. 
and you're so just going to be like yeah. going crazy. Yeah, but you're pretending like we're not going to party down as a group if Tiger's winning the Masters. Yeah, I can't be alone watching no, Tiger no, win right, the Masters. Right, 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 right. I, I, there, there are a few things in life where you get passes as a husband or a father or whatever. <laughs> Do you I mean, think there's, a, there's a Tiger Woods Masters Day? Do you think like that... Just move Father's Day to like Tiger Woods. Oh, that, that is understood. That is, and I understand not every spouse or you know all families are like yeah. that, but I I can guarantee you in my household <laughs> that is accepted. So would, would you? Fine. This interesting question. Would you rather have, um, like your wife says, all right, you get a full day to go play golf. You get a a man uh, a cow Yancey day. Right. Right. Go play golf full day. Don't worry about the kids. Whatever you want. Come back home at six or eight. Okay. Right? Okay. Or a Tiger Woods day, like that same time frame, but you just are watching Tiger Woods at the Masters. To break the record? Yeah. Oh, obviously watch Tiger. Because you, it's... You but anytime. What about anytime Sunday, Tiger Woods? Uh, for uh, the Masters. Uh, Sunday, Tiger Woods, Masters. Doesn't matter if he's... Bro- He's already broken the record. To, or... to win the Masters, that's hard to be. I, I love being at. Now I want people around me. I'm, yeah. I'm not talking like right, right. solo sitting in front yeah. of the TV. But man, I, I don't know. I love like being with a group of people. Whether it's a big football game, a big golf tournament, you're having drinks, you're eating really unhealthy food. I don't. It doesn't get any better than that. I love that. Like that camaraderie, everybody's cheering for the same thing. It's a big event, big win. I will say last year's was perfect because of the rain and the and the weather, how they moved all the tee times up. I forgot they moved and, them up. You're right. You're right. I mean the the leaders were teeing off like at nine o'clock. Right. Or ten and it was over by three, four o'clock. That was fantastic. Like that Sunday. Do you like the early golf better or the primetime golf? Oof. It depends. Oh, man. That's, I mean, that that Sunday was perfect. Last Sunday in Augusta. I Tigers love won. the early golf. That, that was Wait, perfect. You I just do, get up and I like the late it. golf, though, for... During the week. Like the Thursday, Friday nights. Yeah, yeah. And even Saturday, even to Saturday, be quite honest. But the Sunday, if they could just switch on Sunday, do it early. Agreed. You're done by two or three. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Especially for the big, for the majors. Yeah, like so, the British I mean, Open timing, it, it couldn't be better. You can still get up in the morning. Sunday British coffee. Open is great. It's the best. Um, the Masters last year early, the best. Yeah, yeah. The other ones, guys, let's let's move it up. Let's think about it. Yeah, I don't see. I, I'm. It either needs to be early or prime time. It's got to be one or the other. Stop with the no, tweeners. Normal time you don't like. Now, granted, when, I guess daylight has something to do with it. Okay. Figure it out. <laughs> Get some light. Light the course. Okay. Light it. They're piping it down the middle anyway. What about a... Yeah, they should do a glow ball tournament as one of the... Glow ball? Uh, they used to do those night... Remember, Tiger would have those kind of night one-on-one matches? God. Yeah. Tiger gets me fired up, man. Okay, so um, we're gonna we're doing a little bit of an extended lightning round, but Kyle, I want to ask you some lightning round questions. Okay, All right, go. so we got a lot of different things. So I'm gonna just go spitball here. Um, 
here's some stats. I got some stats for you on college football. Okay. Okay? I want to know what you think. Last year, Kyle, 103 underclassmen declared for the NFL draft in college football. Okay. Which was the most ever up to that point. 103. 49 of those 103 that declared did not get drafted. Almost 50, half of them didn't even get drafted, yet they declared for the draft. This year, this season, that number went from 103 underclassmen undrafted, or excuse me, 103 declaring for the draft to 111. So up by eight. What do you think the numbers are this year? Do you think it's going to be 49 people, 50? So it's going to be similar numbers that go undrafted for underclassmen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be very similar. I, I think there's a lot of reasons people will declare. And, um, you, you know, I, I'm because sure... Does, a shock, does that number, like that 50% of the kids that declare for the draft don't get drafted, does that number shock you or that, at all? The, yeah. No, I mean, that seems very high. But, you know... I, I do think that let's call it 80%, which is probably still a conservative number. 80% of college football players are there to play football, right? Mm-hmm. They're there to eventually go pro. They're not there to go to college. So, you know, these underclassmen, if they can't, if they've been there long enough and they can declare, they're not they're not there to get the degree or get good grades or stay in school. I mean, their focus is on football and that's it. And a lot of times that takes away from their eligibility or, you know, other decent decisions they should be making. So that's really their only option. They have to declare because they probably can't stay in school and people probably don't want to talk about it, but that's the reality of it. So I, yeah, it sucks, but isn't it, isn't there a stat that like half of all NFL players are undrafted anyway? I didn't know that one. It's it, it may not be half, but it is an extremely high number. So uh, you, you don't have to be drafted in the NFL to make a team and earn a paycheck. And it, and actually, if I look around the um, quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, mm-hmm. how many of them, the good ones, are like first rounders? More drafted in the first round. Very, very few. I guess Aaron Rodgers was like the one of the last, right? Yeah, but he was at the. Remember, I, I remember vividly him dropping yeah. in the draft. I mean, he was twenty. Was it twenty one or twenty four? Right. One of those. He he fell. I mean, Mahomes, so Mahomes wasn't on no. the top one. Um, Jimmy G certainly wasn't. Jimmy G went to Eastern Illinois. Um, ben Roethlisberger, if you still want to consider him. A top quarterback, not there. We know about Tom Brady. Um, well, I mean, you, you look at the playoff quarterbacks right now. I mean, it just not many of them, if any, were first rounders. You know, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think I, I don't know. Just because you're not drafted in the NFL doesn't mean your career is over and you have no hope. <laughs> That's nice. No hope. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, look, I'm I'm here for the... Speaking the of college um, football, though, I I listened today to um, Dan Patrick's show. You ever listen to Dan Patrick's show? Used to, but now he's not on my uh, satellite radio. I know. I, I don't know. know what happened there. 
Yeah, they put um, Shannon Sharp and... Um, oh, God, I can't listen to that. Those crap. guys. But um, <clears throat> he had Deion Sanders today mm-hmm. um, on his show, and Deion said that he will absolutely be a college head coach next year. A football, a college football head coach next year. That's he said he scary. was very close to going to FSU. Um, There's no talk to way. Him. He said that that was very real. That he's saying that so he can get a job. There's no. The way he said it, it, listen to the interview, that he was already he already had deals and he already had second interviews with other schools. There, I, I don't buy that for a second. Dion's been all talk his entire. Well, I shouldn't say all talk. He's been hype, a bunch of talk his entire career. That's what he does. He's been great at it. Do you believe him? Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll be a good fit? No, I think he'll be horrible. I think he would be a horrible head coach. Why? Horrible. A zero experience, zero coaching I mean, in any. He's a high aspect. school head coach. He he's a high school head coach. Yeah. So that makes him a good college coach. Gus Malzahn was a high school coach. Gus Malzahn is clearly an intellectual coach with a system, you know, that that he's going to run. Dion does not. There's no way he's that type of coach. Zero percent chance. I don't know. I you look at guys like that that are going to be the player coaches, quote unquote. I I find that hard to believe he'd be successful wherever he goes. I don't buy it. Fair enough. I'm out. Sorry, Fair enough. I like you. All right. The other last ones we got here, I totally circle back to the NFL Hall of Fame. So it's the finalist. The NFL will be announced. Um, the Hall of Famers will officially be announced um, on Saturday. Uh, interesting I saw is that Troy Palomalo is on the list, right? And Tom Brady actually wrote a statement slash letter to the NFL to petition petitioning for Troy Palomalo to be in the Hall of Fame. That's really uncharacteristic of Brady to go out there and, you know, speak up for somebody. But do you think Troy Palomalo is a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. He was, he and Ed Reed were by far the two best safeties in the past 10, 15 years. I, I would say 20 years. Maybe even more than that. Since the 2000s? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Troy Palomalo was absolutely dominant. Um, He and Ed Reed were fantastic. Yeah, I I don't know why he wouldn't be. Yeah, any time that you have to, you you watch and you do a game plan, like if you're a quarterback, you would say, I need to see where Troy Palomalo is at every play and Ed Reed. Like those two guys... Or some you're scared of. Right. There's as some people there's consequences if you don't know where those guys are. Right. And I do think that you know football probably more than any other sport maybe not basketball but you know baseball hall of fame's weird it's all about stats and everything but football is more about your like impact on the game and I feel like Palomalu had a massive impact on the game 
And I mean, don't you just remember him like lining up at the line of scrimmage and just like jumping over the offensive yes. lineman and like trying to tackle people? Yes. And he just he was very I don't transcendence not the right word, but he was different. He was different than every other player. He was very instinctual. Um, his hair, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I loved him. I absolutely he's in. Yeah. Um. Quick follow up though. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning retired. Yes. Is he a Hall of Famer? First ballot. Great question. I am in the minority here, and I absolutely think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why? Two Super Bowls, and not just Super Bowls, but against the best team probably ever. Each time you're knocking them off. I probably the best road playoff quarterback of all time. Um, he's the antithesis of his brother or um, uh, like somebody like Philip Rivers or I, people who just light it up during the regular season and then just kind of fizzle in the playoffs. Uh, he, did, he did it when it mattered. He's weird, uh, nerdy, goofy. But he was yeah. perfect for New York. Yeah, because he didn't Care. give a crap what anybody thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he is. Yeah, I, I, somebody had said it before. Colin Coward actually had said it. Um, you can't write the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. Yeah. I mean, you think about the Patriots and Belichick, right? You're always going to talk about them, but in the same sentence, you're going to talk about Eli Manning. That's right. And, I mean, that's worth a lot. <laughs> So think about Tom Brady's only two Super Bowl losses. Think about an undefeated season that could have been. You think about, I mean, there's just so many aspects of it. And he came up big when it mattered. Right. The undefeated season, perfect regular season, and then to be the only undefeated team ever. Right. right? That was iconic. And then for them to have a chance again to do that, you know, not to be undefeated, but to play them again and to win right right i yeah i think he's in without question absolutely yep absolutely um all right so quick follow-up gators lost tonight brings the record to 12 and 8 are they making the ncaa tournament oh florida gators men's basketball team do they make the ncaa tournament in 2020 oh man my first thought is no I, I want, my first thought is no. I'd like to see who they play, who they have left. I just need instinct. But, uh, instinct. Are they in or are they out? I want to be positive. I'll say yes. What do you say? I like that. I like that positivity. Of course I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a no-brainer. They might be a number one seed by the time we're done with the season. NIT? Just wait and see, baby. Just wait and see. I like it. All right. That's how we feel about the podcast and the Gators, Kyle. NIT. You are the best thing. NIT, NCAA Tony, number one, Steve. We're doing it. Till next time, on. Till next time. <laughs>